Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. Yeah, I thought played well. Uh, got our goals. Had to defend a bit at the end, but really proud of them. You could see we were uh, having difficulties playing our normal uh, way of playing, but uh, tough games you have to win. And uh, for us, uh, you know, another three points. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Rob McLean, Craig Moore and Leanne Crichton. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Well, Rangers have made what looks like a significant... <laughs> I knew I should rehearse that one. Significant. <laughs> what, what started the show? Can we start again? No, we can't start again. <laughs> Significant move with four days left of the transfer window. Uh, you would never guess I'd get this scribbled down the back of a fag packet, would you? Uh, they've signed Manchester United winger Ama Diallo on loan for the rest of the season. A year ago, when he moved to Old Trafford from the Italian club Atalanta, he was valued at £19 million, which makes this, Craig Moore, pretty big news. I think it's massive news. As you touch on one of the biggest clubs in the world, Manchester United, um, spending £19-20 million on this on this player, an emerging talent type, Rob. Uh, senior national team with the Ivory Coast. But he hasn't played a lot of first-team football. Um, so, you know, to get that type of player over the line, um, you know, very left-footed player, really good in 1v1 situations, I think it's a great move. Mm. An emerging talent, but Rangers will be looking for him uh, to have a pretty immediate impact, you would think. Still four points between Rangers and Celtic at the top of the Premiership with six days to go till the old firm showdown. Both won last night. Scott Arfield produced a moment of magic at Ibrox last night against Livingston. Rio Hatate scored a belter at Tynecastle, and Georges Yakimakis scored the goal, which turned out to be the winner. It continues the uncrighton to be a fascinating title race. Yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? I think the results last night and the way that the game's played out, Rangers so tight until almost the very end, 75 minutes. Certainly an uncomfortable last 15 minutes, I think, although they were on top. And then at Tynecastle, you know, Hearts missed the penalty. Controversy over the, the decisions in terms of offside goals, but I think it adds to just the, the heat and the spice of the Scottish game just now. I think it's going to go right to the wire. Yep, it is going to be... Um... Well, don't take your eyes off it or your ears off it, to be honest. On the back of uh, Rangers and Celtic both winning last night, five games played last night. Uh, Tuesday night, obviously, was St Mirren's 1-0 win against Aberdeen. Uh, last night, uh, Rangers won Livingston 0 at Ibrox. Hearts won Celtic 2 at Tynecastle. And elsewhere, Dundee United beat Ross County. Motherwell uh, and Hibs drew 0-0. And I guess the surprise of the night was not, Leanne, uh, St Johnston 0, Dundee 0 <laughs> in Perth. No, certainly, certainly not. Um, I think it was a game, though, that you know a lot of people that I spoke to were really keeping a, a close eye on it because it's, I think, a, a difficult run for St Johnston, especially off the back of their success last season. I think everybody feels for Callum Davidson in the sense that he he punched well above his weight last season, but that doesn't compensate for the fact that you know it's what 
10 games, 11 games now without a win. So a lot of pressure there. And I think Dundee are a team that have got names and experience amongst their squad. And I think perhaps that even their run of form has been surprising. But for it to finish up a, a goalless draw certainly wasn't the surprise. There's really only one way, Craig, we can start the show tonight and it is that amazing uh, Leanne Crichton goal direct from a corner kick, isn't it? That, that has gone viral. <laughs> yes, I've seen. i actually seen some footage the, this afternoon. Um, great delivery into a good area. Ends up being a goal. What I, what I do need to ask Leanne is, goal, goalkeeper, was she... Was she... Yeah, she probably should have done better. Yeah, yeah. I don't uh, want to take the shine off your goal. No, it was fantastic. Listen, you put no, in a great nobody area. Nobody will believe me, but if you'd have seen the, the corner that I hit previously, just yes. before that, that then went back out for the second corner, I had to have a word with myself behind the advertising board <laughs> because it was so poor. Um, and I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to try and get this right on top of the keeper as much as I possibly can. So yeah. um, there was a bit of controversy. One of the, the girls was, was claiming she'd touched it at the back post. But we've looked at the footage and there, there was... I couldn't see with no, the footage either, no, so was, I'm quite uh, happy to give it to it you, Leanne. She couldn't prove otherwise, so I'm certainly taking it. Yeah, well, you don't score that but many in the course of a season. That. No, not at all. <laughs> and if you want to see it, if you haven't seen it, if you're captivated by us talking about it, go to Motherwell Women on Twitter and I think you'll be able to see it right there. Um, you played last night and uh, you got a bit of whiplash, you were, you were telling me. Yeah, we got beat you're last night. You're being brave. Yeah, 1 0. Uh, we got beat off Hibs last night. It was a really good team performance, but I picked up a, a knock early on in the game. Um, one of the girls pushed me just as I was running off the pitch and there was a barrier quite close around the pitch, which. It's, you don't see a lot of it now to be honest the facilities that you play at are probably slightly better but it was an old school pitch and I couldn't stop myself so yeah I'm suffering the, the consequences of that you're, right. being, you're being brave yeah no listen I, of... I had a bit of a pity party before I came in but I'm here now <laughs> and I'm expecting you here to pick me up couple of painkillers half bottle of vodka <laughs> you will be absolutely <laughs> fine are you okay Craig are you carrying any knocks uh, or I'm, I'm, are you I'm fully brand fit new. yeah fully, fully, fit fully fit fully fit so like to hear apart from an old, I'm an old crock but I mean I'm fully fit in yeah. terms of no whiplash <laughs> um, managed to, to get in here okay all good Craig Moore Leanne Crichton Rob McLean the Go Radio Football Show on a Thursday night with the Taxi Centre and you know the number 0808 17 17 700 on the socials at Go Football Show what are you thinking about those two results last night 15 minutes from time when Rangers scored uh, they were struggling at that point uh, to make a breakthrough plenty of chances Alex Lowry was outstanding for them on his first start the 18 year old what a goal what a moment of magic uh, that was, Craig Moore. You were there mm-hmm. uh, from, from Scott Arfield. Uh, describe the goal and that split-second decision to do what he did. Yeah, look, it was a fantastic finish um, because I actually felt that, uh, look, DNA, Arfield loves to make those those runs into the box. He actually gets beyond the, the near post mm-hmm. um, and, and then just improvises. And, and the way that he sort of like just helps it over, he actually just uses the, the, the pace that's on the ball to, to lift it over the goalkeeper into the far corner. It was a, it was a really, really good finish. Really good finish. Uh, and a very important goal for Rangers because you touch on only 1-0, Leanne, so there's still a chance with Obelai right at the, at the end yeah. of the game because you don't finish it off. The only frustrating thing for Rangers last night was from the amount of chances mm-hmm. that they created that they only scored the one goal. Yeah, the ball was flashing across goal and uh, nobody getting the finishing touch and it did have frustration written all over it. But at that moment from Scott Arfield, that goal, um, he was only able to play half an hour, I think, because of his uh, comeback after after injury. But uh, what a part he played in getting all three points for Rangers. They had to because Celtic uh, won at Tyne Castle by... Uh, two goals to one. Uh, it was looking uh, pretty comfortable, Leanne, when they went two goals in front. Uh, then Liam Boyce 
Uh, got a goal which um, I think should have been flagged for offside, shouldn't it? But wasn't. We don't have VAR. <laughs> Let's not get into that. Well, we probably will get into that, to be <laughs> honest, in the course of the show. Uh, but a big win for Celtic and you could see at the end uh, how significant it was for them. Yeah, I think the way the, the match played out in terms of the penalty miss as well, I think Celtic would have felt, you know, not lucky to get away with the, the win, but we've seen it, I think, over the last probably month or so in, in terms of the performances. They've dominated the first 45 minutes for me, the, the energy and the intensity that Celtic play at. I don't think many teams can match it, but what has been consistent is the fact that that almost falls away in the second half. And it's almost a game of two halves. I've seen it at Celtic Park when they played Hibs. They were absolutely rampant, um, come out the blocks flying, very similar. And I think teams probably recognise now that if you can weather the storm and, and have almost damage limitation, that in the second half, the game changes a hell of a lot. And credit to Hearts to get themselves back in the game. Probably the crowd helped as well, the environment. And I think it's one that Liam Boyce, you know, whether he was offside for the goal or not, that penalty miss will live mm. with him, you know, for until he gets another opportunity to get out of his head because he does everything right, sends the keeper the wrong way and for it to go off the post and across the goal line mm. the way it did it is just absolutely agonising. But from a Celtic perspective, it's a massive win because Hearts were confident. They were in good form. They've come out the winter break in a really good space. They would have fancied their chances last night, especially with the players that are missing in that Celtic team. But a real bit of quality for the goals. Um, lovely, you know, Hatati. He looks like a real talent. His finish is just exceptional. Giamakis across the front post. I think it's the only thing that he can do is the, is the flick. Um, he adapts and takes it really well. So a massive victory for Celtic. It's millimetres, isn't it, on the penalty? Because it almost hits the post on the other side when it when it spins across. I mean, that is, that is so close to Celtic dropping mm. points. Yeah, uh, like, Big moment, you know. Unfortunately, um, you know, for Boyce, obviously, it, it doesn't go in and therefore, uh, you know, doesn't get that equaliser for Hearts. Leanne touches on in terms of how strong Celtic start. Uh, and again, that was the case in this game and they get that couple of goals. But look, Hearts made a made a fist of it. They made a match. We expected that, Rob, because, you know, they had a, a win early on in the season at Tynecastle over Celtic. They, they've performed extremely well this season. So we were kind of expecting a tough, a tough match. But, um, you know, boys will be disappointed with that. But next game, next goal, you'll get over it pretty quickly. Now, you've given me the full analysis on the show before about what mate means when <laughs> Andrew Postacoglu uses mate either at the Depends start of... Depends on the or, tone. The tone and, of his <laughs> mate. The, and does it also depend whether it's at the start of the sentence or in the middle of it? Because because there was an answer uh, last night where he'd, uh, he'd two mates. What, what When he says mate twice, what, what does that mean in an answer? Uh, how, would, how would you analyse that if one? If mate comes at the beginning, it's normally because he's he's probably a little bit annoyed with the question. Right. Um, Is it like, so this look, particular time, does, does he start with mate and finish with mate? Because then I start to get confused, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if he says mate, look and listen? Uh, one after the other. What does that mean? Does that mean he's about to banjo you? Oh, that that, that just means that um, he's he's probably not over delighted with the the question that's come his way, uh, and he's he's probably wanting to to let let them know that it's maybe a silly question. Right. Well, the question involved was about uh, in-game decisions at Tank Castle last night, uh, playing a big part in the outcome. Here he is, mate. We, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, they love talking about decisions here, don't they? It's it's. I, I like analysing the game of football and, uh, you know, theirs is offside, ours is offside, you know, mate, doesn't matter. <laughs> All I see is that we played really well tonight, created a lot of opportunities. Um, Craig Gordon had a few saves to make. Um, we just should have finished it off earlier. Now, on the metometer, I yeah. got I got to two there. 
Yeah, like I said, I think with the the initial start of May, it's like it's a road that he doesn't really want to go down uh, in terms of talking uh, about decisions or referees. But at the same time, like any manager, he's clever because then he'll talk about that in a roundabout way when it suits. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> he, he was speaking about refereeing at the weekend at Alloway, wasn't he? Well, yeah, apparently. Um, so, uh, again, it's like, you know, it's about messaging, you know, I think at football clubs and... Um, as much as he has kind of been quite strong in terms of wanting to just talk about performance, his own players, what he can control, you know, the, the officials do at times play a, a role in that, Rob. It's it's difficult to know where to start with decisions at Tynecastle last night. Um, I mean, I watched the highlights. I, I was working at, working on the Rangers game, but I mean, there were, there was boys which look which well should have been offside. Mm-hmm. There was Yakimakis, which I think was pretty borderline his goal. And then the, probably very similar. I and think. then and then there was the the handball, the deliberate handball by Near Beaton after he'd been yellow carded. So he should he should have been off, shouldn't he? Yeah, and I think that's probably what Ange Postacoglu is trying to get away from but ultimately decisions do decide the outcome of games more times than not because at some point in the game last night the decision that was made for a goal to be given that was offside or a player not to be sent off at some point somebody's gained an advantage or there's been a disadvantage through through that so I think he goes on to, to say that it's always about Celtic's performance that decides the outcome and Rightly so, for 45 minutes it probably did and that was why they had their two-goal lead. But mm. certainly some controversy that goes with that that I think has been highlighted over the last number of weeks. I think there's been numerous refereeing decisions that a lot of managers have spoke about and players are not happy and it's given us plenty to talk about. What it does reinforce is the fact that we probably do need VAR because one way or another last night there might have still been a discussion today mm. um, around a handball decision. But I think for offside you would nine times out of ten be getting the right decision and mm. that would that would be with the, with a the definitive technology. answer. Yeah. 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 You know, so it, it's a real shame that that does become a talking point and that's, I think, where the mate and the mate again <laughs> comes from. Yeah. Is that mate there's a mate frustration again. because, it, because <laughs> it, you're speaking about it all the time, yeah. you know, but you, again, can't really pick and choose when mm. you want to speak about it. So if you want to speak about the refereeing or the, the lack of control in the Alloa game, which I think is directed at, the officials, the officials and, and how they officiate that game because in my opinion it's only the referees that can control the environment the players can add to it and, and they can try and influence it but ultimately they don't have any control over it um, but then a couple of days later you don't want to speak about mm. it so. yeah. and I think Rob as well so, like, so the two goals um, Boyce and Giacomacus both been allowed, no problem. You know, yeah. as you say, without VAR, tight, the, normally it was the advantage goes to to the attacking player. I got no issue with that at all. Um, in terms of the the bit on uh, the handball situation, look, he was harshly dealt with in terms of the first yellow card that he got. I thought, if anything, right, so is that okay not to yellow card him no, for the second no, no, one? No, let me let me finish. Let me finish, <laughs> mate. Uh, mate, let me finish. Right, but in terms of uh, it, could have yes been a free kick. I thought it was a very very cheap booking. At the same time, I think maybe, maybe the referee has this idea um, in his head, if I'm honest, mm-hmm. um, because the second one clearly is a yellow card, which would have been then the second yellow for, for, for a red card. I think that that was maybe thought of at the time. The question I was going to ask when you were going through your, your spiel there, Leanne, is how does it change in terms of, yes, VAR, um, in terms of those, those clear-cut offside in particular, you know, or... Um, mistaken identity sending offs and all that but there's still a lot that is down to interpretation full-time referees is that then the way forward does that solve 
everything. It, it, I don't believe that it does, although it will in, uh, help in terms of the improvement and accountability. Mm. When, when, when are footballers, ex-footballers going to become referees? I know. No, it's a good point. Listen, it's something mm. that's been thrown about. I think it's a time frame in terms of the training for referees. If you retire from the game and how quickly it takes you, I think it's seven years roughly to get to the, the top officiating level, um, whether that could be amended. and, and ter- But then you've maybe got an affiliation to certain clubs and you'll have played certain places in yeah. different countries and it becomes probably a real tricky one to manage. But I think it's not necessarily... You know, I don't disagree with the fact that referees that have never played the game shouldn't be officiating because I think you can have some really good referees out there. What I think they need is support and I don't think they're getting that now and I think there's so much controversy, speculation and scrutiny over every decision that's made and at some point they they also need to accept that there's a real significance to the decisions that they make. People Mm -hmm. don't moan and complain for the sake of it. I think it either means that it's cost teams points or they feel like there's been an injustice. It could decide titles. It could decide outcomes of games, relegations. Um, It could determine a player's season, you know, if they're wrongly sent off or or whatever on the, the receiving end of a bad challenge. So, I think they also need to accept their responsibility in it, but they're not full-time and they don't have the support of our. And that's where football's moving now. So we really need to try and find a way of, one, offering them the best circumstances and opportunity to be the best at their job that they can be, which they don't get that just now. So we can criticise all we want, but until they're full-time and all the resources are, are fed and, and thrown at them, then I think we're always going to have these types of errors, if you like, or... Um, mistakes are, are looked upon and it's a tough place to be as a referee because you've got a life away for the game haven't you yeah th- there's also a call isn't there for, for more ex-players to be involved in these review panels um, yeah. that look at the disciplinary decisions and when there's a notice of complaint decide on that yeah. um, we found out that uh, uh, the hearing uh, for Mohamed Niang of Aloha will now be tomorrow. It was meant to be today. His challenge on uh, Yusuke Idiguchi mm-hmm. uh, on last Saturday night. Um, what did you think? Aqua, look, when, when when you speak about that, Robin, we're just talking about in terms of ex-players being involved and all that. And then offline before the show, Leanne and myself had a different opinion of the that particular it was, tackle. It was getting heated. No, no, but so so again, it doesn't necessarily mean that Everyone is is all on the the same page because opinion, mm. even as an ex footballer, can can be slightly different. I understand in terms of the the force that was in the tackle, um, the momentum, uh, and therefore it can be con- considered a reckless tackle, um, which is which is a red card. It is a red card. Um, at the same time, I'm thinking with 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 his side foot. Obviously, you don't make contact and withdraw. Or, or have the ability to bring your foot back. So I'm kind of I've seen it slightly different, Rob. If, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest, I don't think, in my opinion, that there was any intention to go and, and injure the player. Um, Itaguchi, and again, I'm speaking as a player because I've been in this situation, that type of tackle, many, many times. And when you when you know that you're not going to get to the ball first, the first thing that went through my head is um, how do I protect myself? Mm-hmm. Um, where I, I think that. That didn't flash through his mind, uh, and that would be, uh, I think, a big part down to um, the way that the game is kind of played over here. That, yeah. That's a big part of the of the game, the physicality side of things. Not that people go out to hurt each other. I don't think this, this was the case, but uh, you know, Japanese football is, is is slightly different. Yeah, you you thought it was red. You 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 didn't take much time to decide that was red. No, she shot me down straight away. Yeah, no. Listen, for me, it's a red. I think just and it probably goes down to language and, and everything else around it. It's excessive force. I think he was endangering an opponent, whether he meant it or he didn't. 
I don't think that's up for dispute. I think the contact is above the ankle. Nowadays, that's a red card. Any contact above the ankle with excessive force is red. Um, so I'm not reading too much into it. I think Idiguchi could have protected himself better. Um, I think he realised the ball was gone and that he wasn't favourite. So for me, it was no dispute. Last night, Hearts won Celtic 2, Rangers 1, Livingston 0. It is still four points at the top and we are six days away from old firm time. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! It's the Go Radio Football Show on, uh, what day is it? It's Thursday, isn't it? Yes, and tomorrow's Friday and then it's Saturday and we've got more Premiership football as we're reflecting on what happened last night in the Premiership. The games are coming thick and fast uh, so there's still a bit of football to be played before it is Celtic against Rangers in six nights time. And uh, I think between now and the end of the show, we might just have a little look at uh, how the two teams might be lining up based on what we know at this stage. Of course, we could get one or two surprises thrown at us in the in the day or two or even on the night of the game. Uh, we may not be able to guess with any great accuracy uh, the team selection because there are so many... <clears throat> Uh, question marks. Uh, there isn't a question mark over Ahmad Diallo, the 19-year-old from Manchester United. He is a Rangers player for the rest of the season. Uh, he's on loan with Yanis Hadji, of course, out for the rest of the season. The Ivory Coast International. Uh, that deal has been done. Uh, he's made nine appearances for Manchester United since signing from Atalanta, the Italian club, a year ago. £19 million was the fee at that stage. Uh, and he did start uh, for United in the Champions League um, last month uh, against Young Boys, a 1-1 draw. So he has featured, uh, but not very much. And maybe, uh, Craig Moore, the most significant thing about this deal is that there is no to-buy option from Manchester United to Rangers. So he is clearly uh, valued as a longer-term prospect. Yeah, this is obviously part of the the player's development, if you like. Um, it's a situation that clearly suits Manchester United in terms of, you know, maybe not getting the starting matches he needs there, but those type of players definitely need to, to have those games. And, and therefore, is a, a win for, for Rangers on the back of the, the injury and, and Hadji being out for the season. That that type of player. Uh, Lucas is very, very left-footed, although he can use his right. And he's, Leanne, he's, he's really, really direct. He has got the pass. He has got the goal. He has got the free kick. He's um, He's got a lot of talent, but he is a young player that needs experience. So I look forward to watch him, uh, watching this player and see what he can do up here. And going in the other direction, Juninho uh, Bakuna, not, well, not in the other direction, back to Man United, but going out of Rangers at least. Uh, that deal's been completed today. Uh, the former Huddersfield player, it just has not happened for him at Rangers, has gone to Birmingham. So that is the end of Juninho Bakuna in Scottish football uh, last night Rangers won Livingston nil, and at Tynecastle Hearts won Celtic 2 let's hear from Tino get Tino involved in the in the chat tonight from the Celtic Exchange podcast hi Tino hi Rob how you doing yeah very well thanks um, well before you tell me what you thought of last night uh, here's your gaffer's take after the match yeah it was a cracking game and um, yeah really pleased uh, very proud of the players you know we uh had a bit of a challenge tonight you know, coming here. It's not an easy place to come, but you know, I thought played well, uh, got our goals, had to defend a bit at the end, but really proud of them. 
What did you make, Tino, of the, the win? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a huge win, really important overall, but, you know, definitely the cliched game of two halves, Rob. I thought first half, Celtic were exceptional, you know, particularly Hatati, O'Reilly, Jota. Uh, but there's no doubt, you know, we kind of struggled and we tired a bit in the second half. And we were hanging on a wee bit towards the end, and that shows maybe a, a different side to this Celtic team as well. It's not all about, you know, flair and attacking intent. Sometimes you've got to dig deep, and I think they've done that to, to get over the line. Is Yakumakis winning you over? Bit by bit, he's certainly not doing himself any harm. So he's kind of two starts, two goals there since the turn of the year. Um, he's never going to be a you know a Kyogo, you know that type of fans' favourite, or even you know hopefully Maeda, J- uh, Jota, guys like that. But he's certainly got something to offer. Uh, he played his part not only with the goal, but also just you know his hold up play and his physicality against John Sutter, particularly second half. So yeah, as I say, he's done himself no harm there last night. You mentioned uh, Daisan Maeda, who uh, started on the bench for Japan against China in the World Cup mm-hmm. qualifiers. He's away, of course, uh, came on in the second half um, as Japan beat China by two goals to nil. And Tom Rogic, playing for Australia against uh, yeah. Vietnam, he scored uh, in the, the World Cup qualifiers as well. Two players that you're having to do without at the moment. Uh, Leanne, what about that Yakimaka goal? It was some finish last night, wasn't it? Yeah, lovely finish. Great run across the, the front, obviously debating whether it was onside or not, but that we will never know he's made the run I think he's adjusted really well um, and it was a brilliant finish and I think you could see with the celebration what it meant to him you know I think he's, he's a player under pressure in my opinion just because I think he's different from the rest he's got a different style I don't quite know if he, he fits the mould I don't know where he would be in the pecking order um, if other strikers were available Um and I think he's got a point to prove in that sense. I think he's having to work in different aspects of his game. I saw that. I think it was a Hibs game. He possibly came on in the second half in that game. Um, and he was having to you know, track back into his own half. Stuff that last season you wouldn't have seen Giamakis doing. That's not his style. But I thought he took his goal really well. This was uh, Ange Postacoglu on uh, Yakimakis last night. Well, you know, burden when you're scoring goals, mate. I think he, he, he relishes that opportunity. I don't think he sees it as a burden. And, uh, you know, we, he had a r- real rough start to his Celtic career, but, you know, we were patient with him and he was worked really hard to get himself in this position. And uh, he took his goal well tonight, worked awfully hard, and, um, you know, it was great. The question there, Craig, was, you know, how's he, how, how did he cope with the burden of being expected to score goals? And, yeah. and and the answer there was, well, it's no burden. And it didn't look like a burden. That looked like the finish of a really confident goal scorer. Yeah, and again, because the, the ball's slightly behind him, so he has to improvise. Um, and, and I think it was, um, you know, it was, it was a great goal. Uh, and certainly, you know, two two goals, two games. I, I think where the, the criticism has come for, for Giacomacus is, coming to the club at the start of the season unfit um, and and therefore picking up, you know, a few niggly injuries, which Ange touches on there in terms of everyone within the club, inside the club, have been supportive and, and, and getting him to a level and making sure he's okay. But sometimes as a fan, uh, it can get a little bit frustrating when you're not getting the opportunity to see that player that you've signed out there scoring goals. So, look, that's the pressure that's on, on uh, the players that come to, you know, both Rangers and Celtic. You have to hit the ground running. But he certainly looks like a player um, who is a different type to Kyogo, uh, to Maeda. Uh, and I think that that's important to have as well because it's good to be able to not necessarily change the formation, but in terms of personnel, if there's slight differences in types of players, it can it can give you a different a different way, if that makes sense. You mm. know, he, he is able to to pin centre-halves, to link up with people. And these are things that Maeda and Kyogo 
don't do because they're off the shoulder, positive, running forward, mm. pressing, different types of players. So I think Ange will be quite happy with what he's got. It was a great win for Celtic, minus the, the players we've been talking about there. The one we haven't mentioned so far yet, uh, Tino, is Callum McGregor. Uh, and, yeah. you know, you that's why that appeared to be a really sticky game for Celtic last night. And it probably tells us about the reaction afterwards, the natural reaction afterwards of, of delight at getting all three points at what was going to be a difficult venue anyway, especially without your captain. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, you want to have all your, your leaders going into Tide Castle and, you know, Carl McGregor certainly part of that. You'll have seen, I'm sure, that he was there in attendance, yeah. albeit, you know, looking a bit battered and bruised. But other guys have stepped up there, you know, Carter Vickers, Joe Hart, even near Beaton. And, you know, guys have been much maligned at times in the past, but there's a real togetherness about Angie's team here and I think everyone's really scrapping for each other and I do think that you know came to the fore particularly during a fairly sticky second half for us What's your reading into Kyogo and McGregor and their possibilities for for, for next week I mean is that is that a crazy thought that, that either or both could feature next week I mean do we know the extent of the injuries the specifics of the injuries and, and whether they have got any chance for, for next week yeah, I'd say they're both a maybe. I mean, I've heard that Callum McGregor picked up a concussion and I believe there's a rule in place you need to wait something like 12 days. So I'm not sure exactly how that plays out. Maybe someone you know can tell us on that. So I think he might medically be ruled out of that, albeit I don't think there's any fracture to his jaw from what I've heard. Um, Kyogo's a different one. You know, Ange obviously sprung the surprise of playing Kyogo in the League Cup final when many thought he wasn't, you know, he didn't have any chance of making it. Maybe something like that's at play. I really don't know. There's a, you know, there's a chance both could miss out. There's a chance both could play. Leanne, it's what it's what makes predicting how this game's going to go next Wednesday night very, very difficult because on both sides there are big question marks. No, there is, and there's still a round of fixtures to go mm-hmm. before that comes round. So I think both teams will, will probably just need to cross their fingers, toes, and, and everything else, and hope that they can come through the weekend with maximum points. Um, and that they head into to next week with possibly getting one or two bodies back. And I think Rangers are the same in terms of the, the personnel that they had missing last night. Um, I think McGregor could be the most significant for Celtic in terms of what that injury looks like. I know there's, there's probably not been too much said about it. I think he's probably a minimum 14 days if it's, a, if it's treated as a concussion. Um, and beyond that I think they would then need to decide if there was any lasting damage um, whether that there was bruising around that area they wouldn't let him return to play I don't think for possibly 21 days it's really different the concussion in, in terms of what the injury looks like and how it's been treated so um, no, it could be a massive game and it could be you know, ultimately decided with not even the players on the pitch but perhaps the ones that are missing yeah, and and Craig obviously question marks about about Rangers. Not not so much missing players at the moment. Morelis is clearly a big miss for them. Yeah. Um. But but last night without Kent, Morelis, Hadji, Aribo, they they really lacked the finishing touch until Scott Arfield came up with something special. Yeah. Look, I think in current form, in terms of how Morelis has gone, he probably would have scored a hat trick last night. Uh, let's be honest, because the, the chances that Rangers created, the the amount of balls that were fizzed across six yards out, and 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 Itten, um, or Sakala at times just just weren't clinical enough, ruthless, uh, and that's what you need to be at that level. That's a, that's the sort of service strikers strikers want, you know. But you touch on the big players, like you know Kent, uh, Aribo, I think is uh, is a great link between that that attacking third and, and final third. Sorry, the the midfield and the the, the top end. 
So he, he's a, he's a big miss. Obviously, Bassey's been in and done. A, I think has done a really good job, Rob, as a left side of central defender. But he's not a left side of central defender. I think he's probably had his run at that position. Balogun got some minutes against Stellan Albion. Holanda's back in training. But again, it's you know you're going into that old firm match. Um, so much at stake. Preparation key, but sometimes you know you get that surprise of someone thrown in with no minutes whatsoever for a long, long time. The occasion, the occasion of that match, will get you through ninety minutes. Tino, what did you think of Matt O'Reilly last night? Well, he was great. You know, I wasn't sure where he would be fitness-wise. I know he's played you know regularly for MK Dons this season, but I thought he came in and again, particularly first half, same as Hatati. Actually, the two of them were just really, really creative. Those two players in Jota were at the centre of all good things for Celtic. Uh, he did fade in the second half and I think in the end he went off with you know, some sort of cramp. But yeah, things are there that he's going to be a real player and he's very much in the, the Tom Rodgers mould. So yeah, hopefully we get to see a lot more of him in the next few weeks. What did you think, Leon? Yeah, I think he looks like a, a real good signing. Loads of energy. I know that he can, he'll score goals, assists. I think it's more legs, middle to front. Exactly what Ange Postecoglou is looking for. Um, I think you do get that. You know, uh, Tino's right in terms of you know similar to Tom Rogic, but you sometimes don't get the the same level of intensity. You know, Rogic is a, a wizard. You know, I love to see him on the ball, but I think O'Reilly coming in bit younger as well, bit more to prove. Still a, a good bit of development. I think left in him at twenty one years old. I think he could be a really exciting player. Could that team, Tino, be good enough? Do you think to win? next week if there is no McGregor if there is no Kyogo uh, if they play like they did in the first half last night 100% no doubt about it um, I think the hope is though that we do get a, a few key players back I think Angie's headache last night was when he looked to his bench in the second half he didn't really have that strength and depth I know Abada came in and then latterly McCarthy and Sorrow just to shore up the game but he didn't have a lot of creative options and I think that's what Angie earns for it's what he likes to do he likes to keep his front six fresh so maybe if we can get one or two guys back, we're certainly in a better position. But yeah, the team that played that first half last night in particularly were exceptional. If we can keep that kind of form up, we'll get every chance next week. Tino, can I just ask, does it concern you at times that, that Celtic do start games so well, but then have, on a couple of occasions now, found themselves perhaps not hanging on, but certainly it becomes a bit more close for comfort? Yeah, it does. There's no doubt. It's definitely a concern. Um, you know, I think, you know, you go 2-0 up last night after whatever it was, 35 minutes, you're very confident. They're going into the second half quite relaxed. But I think around about the hour mark when Jota went off, that game completely turned. And yeah, the nerves start to kick in. So the hope is that you go 3-0 up and you've got a real safety net there. Now, not saying we're going to let's into a 3-0 lead against Rangers or, or anyone else. Yeah. But yeah, at the moment, there is a pattern that's, that's emerged. And I wonder if just uh, the system that Ange plays, and you know, obviously Craig there will know a lot about that, but the intensity takes a lot out of the players. And I wonder if they start to blow a gasket after an hour yet it's definitely a part of it's emerged and hopefully you know their fitness will continue to improve as the, the season goes on yeah now look obviously the the intensity that you touch on there Tino is, is a huge part to the way that Ange wants to play his football he wants to overwhelm his opponents physically um, so you know legs are important in terms of being able to get about that football field Slowly, I think that the Celtic are getting to that level where um, you know being able to do that for more and more minutes. That's that's work in progress. There's no doubt about that. Um, Celtic at their at their very best can can cause Rangers huge problems. I have no doubt about that either. Um, it's just like you know Leanne has touched on, um, and Tina, you've even touched on it. That that back back end of a of a second half potentially. So you know if Rangers in this particular match were able to keep it nice and tight, then 
the longer the game goes, you think that maybe that's the the opportunity for Rangers rather than Celtic. But certainly, Celtic at their best, Rob, uh, can can give Rangers a right good crack. What was your what was your thought, uh, Tino, just before you go on the decisions last night, the contentious, the tight decisions? What what did you think? I think the two offside, so Jack Amakis and and Boyle, I think they could both feasibly be called offside, but both could potentially have been on as well. I just think to the to the human eye, it's yeah. a task for that linesman mm. to see both things in action. The only real way to see it is to bring in VAR. I'm all for VAR, and I think if that comes in, you get a definitive answer. Otherwise, it's guesswork, and I think that's what's happened last night. No real complaints over both being awarded. Did Neil Beaton get lucky? I thought he was fairly off when he involved that. I, I did. I think he, you know, I think he maybe thought it himself. So yeah, potentially got lucky, but I said we'll take it. And is it Celtic looking long term, looking beyond Wednesday uh, into the second half of the season? Is it Celtic for the title? Are you, are you feeling confident? Yeah, as for me, I think one of as good a places we've been in a long time, and I include from we're running, you know, eight and nine in a row there. It's such a, a young, energetic, and hungry squad that Angie's brought together in such a short space of time. So. Listen, I think we've got a real crack at the title, but next Wednesday plays a really important part in that. So, you know, the, this time of year, I, I think that this next cluster of games, both for Rangers and Celtic, I'll, I'll look at the last two seasons and January is when kind of Celtic slid away last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the season before that, that's when Rangers fell away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of emphasise the importance of these games coming up. You look at, you know, you've got Dundee United, obviously the... the, the Rangers game, Motherwell, Aberdeen. I think Rangers have got Ross County, uh, Celtic, Hearts, Hibs. I think it's a really crucial block of games for both teams at this moment in time. And whoever comes out unscathed got a real chance. I I think it's that important Mm. this time. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree, Craig. We spoke on our weekly show just the other day about that. Celtic have got this real intense run of fixtures. So starting last night, Dundee United Saturday, Rangers next Wednesday, followed by Motherwell, Aberdeen. That is all top six, top seven teams if you include United in that. And if Celtic manage to come through that with maximum points, then it's a really different landscape at the top of the table. So lots of ifs and buts, but I think we've got a, a serious chance if we come through these next four or five fixtures. Tino, good to have you on the show. Thanks a lot. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Here's what the Rangers manager Giovanni Van Bronckhorst said last night uh, about this transfer window with, what, four days to go? Yeah, we're still busy, so uh, it's only a couple of days, but uh, we will see what happens in the next days, but I don't think we're ready yet in the, in the market. Well, they were ready. Uh, they were ready to sign uh, Ahmad Diallo from Manchester United, the 19-year-old Ivory Coast international winger on loan for the rest of the season. Uh, nine appearances for United. Injury, I think, stopped him moving on loan to Feyenoord uh, in the summer uh, Craig Moore um, and maybe maybe that Feyenoord connection is, what, is what's triggered uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst into action uh, and Rangers into action yeah. they've got him on loan and a year ago when he moved from Atalanta in Italy to Old Trafford he was valued at £19 million and yeah. the Rangers fans are going to be excited about this Most definitely like I says I mean from what I've seen uh, in terms of the, the style of player, he, he's right-sided but left-footed, Rob. But he uses his right. It's not as if he, he can't use it, but he's he's quite direct. He has the ability to go inside, outside. He can play a killer pass. 
he's got goals. Uh, okay, he's not played a lot of senior football uh, to score a lot of goals at that level, but certainly the youth football, uh, Premier League two, uh, he's a goal. He is a goal scorer. Uh, so very exciting. It's not often, Rob, when when a club has spent twenty million pound on a player that you then get the opportunity to get someone of that calibre mm. um, for six months. And I think it's a win-win situation. I think a lot of Rangers supporters will be quite excited to see exactly what this kid has to offer. He is an emerging talent, you know, so there will be mistakes in his game because he doesn't have that that experience. But the upside, I think, is it was just probably too big for Rangers to to not pursue. I don't know if they've got a revolving door at the training ground, but if they did, uh, he might well have been coming in as Juninho Bakuna was going out. Uh, Leanne, he's gone to Birmingham uh, on a three and a half year deal, and and that's just a that's just an arrangement. That signing from Huddersfield just hasn't come off, has it? No, it hasn't, and I think both parties can can probably accept that and and wish each other well, you know, and move on. I think a move back down south for Bakuna is probably a good move, good decision. It just hasn't really got going I think like in the appearances that we've seen of him um, very stop start didn't really influence it didn't quite know what his identity or, or role within the team would look like um, and I think your days are numbered you know when it's it's such a vital season again for Rangers I don't think they can carry passengers and I don't think they'll have lost really any money in terms of the deal so um, he's out certainly Diallo's in I think that's one that could be really really exciting because it's probably something that Rangers it maybe don't lack because that's maybe disrespectful to players like a Scott Wright, but I think a young player coming in that's really wanting to prove, you know, he's a Man United player. I'm pretty certain he wants to return to Manchester mm. United, so he's got a really important six months, an opportunity to go and develop other aspects of his game. You look at other 19-year-olds, Abada's 19, and he's had an incredible six months at Celtic. Yeah. Um, found himself on the bench last night. That's maybe going back to what Craig talks about, young players, but an experience looking to develop that. So he might need to bide his time, but what an impact player he could be, certainly in the run-in. You just spoke about how vital January can be, Craig, if he comes in and he's a player coming off the bench with that bit of excitement and trickery. Um, a winger, you know, a bit more energy for Rangers middle to front, which I think they need. Um, it could be a brilliant signing. Yeah, he wants back to Manchester United and Manchester United want him back as well, which is pretty significant. Uh, they are not giving him away. There is no option to buy involved in this loan deal to Rangers. Rangers won, Livingston nil at Ibrox last night. Uh, Scott Arfield settling it 15 minutes from time. You know, with the wind, uh, with the rain, uh, you could see we were uh, having difficulties uh, playing our normal uh, way of playing. We could have done better. Uh, we didn't, uh, you know, to play uh, the way we wanted. But then again, you, we created a lot of chances, especially first half. You know, good crosses. I think we were very close in, in scoring the goal. But you always know when you not score, you know, the time ticks ticks away. But you know, we could uh, bring in uh, Kamar and, and and Scott. You know, they were uh, both only available for uh, half an hour and, um, you know, Scott made the difference. Yeah, it's been a, a tough game, but uh, in the end, uh, also tough games you have to win. And uh, for us, uh, you know, another three points, um, you know, for us today. So that's um, that's very positive. I think it's 25 points out of 27 and now a possible 27 for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst since taking over as manager. He, they just seem to find a way of winning, don't they? They do, um, and predominantly have done that under Giovanni's watch so far with probably the only flat uh, spot for me was the Aberdeen game, but uh, you've got to give credit to the way that I think Aberdeen played in that match and, and Rangers still come away with a point, which at Pataudra we know is, is still a good point. Um, I was obviously working the game, Rob. Mm. Sands, 
I felt was very quiet in, in the match and, and didn't have the influence that I think um, Giovanni would have wanted and eventually was replaced. Um, Arfield comes on and, and makes a real difference because he wants to he wants to make forward runs, he wants to get into the box. We touched on the wonderful goal he scored, but I can't get away from um, you know mentioning the the young lad Alex mm, Lowry who fantastic. who was able to follow up with his substitute debut against Stellan Albion. And I tell you what, this kid uh, and Leanne, you'll appreciate this. You know football. Within two minutes, you you just look and you go, this boy's a player. This 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 boy has got a big big career ahead of him. Uh, and it'll be a pleasure for everyone at Rangers to to manage him through that process and, and his development. So comfortable with the ball, Rob. Really confident on it. It's not as if he's demanding it all the time. That will come with experience. But when he has that ball, he looks totally at ease. He has the ability to go left and right. And I know that Fashion Sakala got man of the match, but I actually think that, um, that Lowry was probably the best player on the field last night. Yeah. Not often the two of us agree, but I, I, absolutely. I, I, I thought he was outstanding. And uh, you say he's got a great future. For me, um, he is the here and now for Rangers. I, I just I, I was really blown away last night having, having watched that whole game by by how good he was. Um, I heard Barry speaking about him on the show last night and saying uh, Barry thought he would start last night and he did, made, made, making his first start. You would never have looked in on that game thinking he was starting for the first time. He, he believes in himself big time. And... and, and it's not unthinkable at all, I don't think, Leanne, that, that he starts next Wednesday night. No, I think he's a real super talent. I think watching him, he plays like the way I would remember playing as a kid when you pick up the ball and you just want to get at people where there's no consideration for what's behind you, there's no consideration for tactics. I thought his balance, his reading of the game, I thought his decision-making for such a young player was excellent um, to have the ability to take players on, but also to then have the ability to dictate a game and drop off it, recycle the play. Mm. Um, I thought those parts of his game were so impressive, you know, because I think any player can, can take a player on and lose it. Um, but the fact that he, he was so good, shots on goal, breaking up the play, tracking back, creating opportunities, getting to the byline, he's got, a, he's got everything. Top, top talent. Yeah, sure is. We'll talk a lot more about Alex uh, Lowry in the second hour of the show. Rio Atati, what about that goal for Celtic last night at Tynecastle? Yakumakis among the goals as well. Still that four-point gap with the old firm match six days away. If you want to join uh, Leanne and Craig and myself for the football chat, we're on for another hour. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! We're keeping you up to date with all the latest transfer news. Just four days left in the window. Wonder how much activity we're going to get across Scottish football in the next few days. Certainly activity from Rangers today. Really significant activity uh, as well overshadowed very much overshadowed the outgoing Juninho Bakuna uh, he's barely featured uh, he won't be long remembered I don't suppose the, the Huddersfield former Huddersfield midfielder he's got Birmingham on a permanent deal a three and a half year deal uh, but very much grabbing the headlines is Rangers signing on loan till the end of the season 19 year old Diallo, the Manchester United winger Ivory Coast international uh, on loan 
for six months. There is no buy option in the deal. But what sort of difference is he going to make to Rangers in the second half of the campaign? Injury has uh, prevented him playing too much for United. Nine appearances so far. He has featured in a Champions League game for them. And when he signed from the Italian club Atalanta a year ago, the fee was £19 million. Pounds. So uh, you might want to get in touch with us about that. 0808 17 17 700. It is at Go Football Show on the socials. We're looking back, of course, on last night's games as well. The two at the top uh, continue to pull away Rangers and Celtic. Four points between them after Rangers beat Livingston 1-0 at Ibrox and Celtic beat Hearts 2-1 at Tynecastle. In the other games, Dundee United beat Ross County. St Johnston drew with uh, Dundee deep down in the basement of the Premiership. So no change in the differential between those two. Uh, Motherwell nil, Hibs nil, uh, which seems like uh, a good time to talk to Motherwell fan Stephen Reside, who joins us on the show now. Stephen's launched a YouTube channel uh, called uh, A Different View uh, to uh, showcase uh, what life is like with uh, a disability. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Thanks. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good. And just for anyone listening, uh, the channel is a different view, all one word. If you put spaces, you won't find it. So ah. make sure you're searching for it, you search for it, all one word. Well, that is good information to give us early on so that we can uh, get to a different view, all one word. And before you tell us about it, uh, what what about your team's uh, results, performance, and a couple of red cards flashing around as well last night at Fir Park? Uh, how were you, were you at the match last night? Yeah, yeah, the vlogs were totally just went out at ah, 5 o'clock there. So right, OK. Watch it, they can. Um, in terms of the game, I thought... Uh, I thought it, I didn't think there was much in terms of clear cut chances. We looked to the one in the first half where Kevin Van Veen um, missed um, one that I would have fancied Tartman in my wheelchair <laughs> in the sixth year, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, um, and Hibs will point to the chance that Christian uh, Deutsch had where he's tried to, to dink uh, Wayne mm. Kelly yeah. uh, as he's backtracking. But in terms of clear cut chances, I don't think there was um, very many in the game. I don't think Wayne Kelly had a save to make. And when you go down to 10 men, uh, that keeps us ahead of Hibs and it sees us going into the game against Hearts. Um, hopefully we can close that gap on Saturday. Yeah, you're in a great position, aren't you? Fourth place in the in the table. Graham Alexander's doing some job. Yeah, he's doing a great job. I think uh, a points tally for the last calendar year was the highest outside the old firm. I see some fans online complaining about the style of play. I just like to uh, remind these fans that it wasn't that long ago that we were in a relegation playoff and we tried to play football that season and, and look where that got us. So I would much rather we were hard to beat and it was effective and we're getting results uh, because I'm not prepared to up the top end of the table. Yeah. A Motherwell fan with a sense of perspective. Love that. Um, what about the red cards that were flashing about? Second yellow for, for Liam Donnelly uh, and then uh, Graham Alexander saw red, I think, in all uh, aspects of that phrase. I think they were both yellows, if I'm being honest. Um, I think Hibs was on the break and Williams made a couple of fouls. Uh, we've got this saying in the corner, we've actually got a William Donnelly card count because we, we say that he <laughs> loves one every game, so he, he loves a button. Uh, and I don't know why Graham Alexander was complaining about it, if I'm being brutally honest, but it's good to show that he's got that got that passion for the club and he's, he's not afraid to stick up for us, but I do think it was um, two buttons. 
And of course, what I will say is, yes. What I do want to touch on though is obviously my dad. Um, he helped Jenna um, at Alawa. My dad helped ah. Jenna at Pollock. That's that's Mo- that's Mohammed Niang, who's known as Senna, Mohammed isn't he? Niang, yeah, yeah. And people are saying it's a red card, and I can see why because it's high on the ankle. But see, when he makes that tackle and he wins the ball, I don't know where his momentum's meant to take him after that. You are in the Craig Moore school on that one, is that right, Craig? Yeah, like I said, I see both sides. I just I didn't think that there was any intent from the boy to to go out and injure somebody, and and obviously that's kind of what you don't want to hear or see in terms of that player getting that 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 type of flack. Um, so yeah, I'm of, I'm of the same opinion as you, Stephen. And I, and I think Barry Ferguson on the show as well last night, and and he touched on this on Monday as well. Just that. Uh, um, I, th- I think there's been a lot of flack flying the way of, of Senna uh, because because of this, um, and that and that's something, Leanne, that you you never want to to see when it when it all gets personal and nasty uh, in, in social media, which inevitably, of course, it does. Yeah, it becomes a pile on, doesn't it? And I think it goes on and it, it lingers for weeks and weeks. I think in in the moment it should have been dealt with, and it wasn't. I think if there's retrospective action, it, it should be dealt with and dealt with as quickly as it possibly can. I think for for everybody to have an opinion and you know point the finger at the player and make assumptions, we, we'll never know whether he, he meant to you know hurt the, his opponent or not. But the reality is that it was a tackle that certainly is up for debate in in terms of what it looked like and and how it could have played out as opposed to the way it did. Um, and that as a footballer is sometimes things that you need to deal with as well you know would Senna um, if he was going in for a challenge like that again would he go in the exact same way uh, only time will tell you know does he learn from it in the sense that it was possibly a challenge that you could have went through with your laces and still had the same effect I think at the point you go inside footed and you open up your foot to carry through with momentum is at the point you you run the risk and I know that as a player because there's moments that you would love to go through a player um, <laughs> you know and leave a bit on them mm. but you run the risk of, of picking up a booking or a, a caution a red card whatever so um, but no it's never nice to see a pile on because we know how toxic social media and everything else it can be we've got the beauty of slowing these things down zooming in with a camera um, having you know countless images and, and videos of it replaying it over and over again the referee didn't have that um, the player doesn't have the, the opportunity to fix it on the subject, Stephen, of, of social media, tell us about A Different View, your your uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, it's A Different View, one word on YouTube, as I said, and the Instagram is A Different View, Scott. A Different is A-D-I-F-F, View, and then Scott with one T on Instagram. And the aim of the channel is basically to show that just because you're disabled doesn't mean that you're not able. Do you know what I mean? I want mm-hmm. to go and I want to show people that I can go to games of football, show them what it's like as um, a disabled fan because I don't think many people get that perspective. Um, and just to see how we can hopefully help clubs improve disabled facilities for supporters. My plan is to eventually take the channel all around the world and compare what countries abroad are doing to what we are doing here mm-hmm. and hopefully help clubs because if you don't tell clubs at the end of the day, they, they'll not know what needs to be done. And, and as a disabled fan... I'm hoping to be the one that drives some of the changes. That's brilliant, Stephen. So, I mean, you, you've been to obviously a few grounds. Uh, I, I have no doubt. I think I've seen you, you were at St James's Park as well. Is that one of the grounds you've been to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went there um, last week for the Watford game. That was a fantastic view. What I really like, Craig, is I like when you're elevated at a ground uh-huh. um, because it allows you to see the whole pitch. Some yep. grounds, I think, they stick you away in the corner yep. and it can be quite difficult to see 
uh, down certain parts of the pitch, and there's nothing on our tickets that say restricted views. We're just really told where they sit. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think it'd be interesting in terms of your your, your travels and. And obviously, in a position where you know, hopefully, you start having discussions with these clubs to, to like I said, some that mm. maybe don't have the 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 best facilities to, to cater for you know people in wheelchairs or, or, or disabled people. So I, I think it's fantastic, mate, and wish you all the very best. And I have no doubt um, you'll make a huge contribution. And certainly, um, you know, with a lot of clubs, they'll they'll need to open their eyes and listen. Do you find a lot of variety, a lot of differences, ground to ground, Stephen, on what the facilities are like? There's a few factors. I think obviously the size of the stadium um, can contribute because obviously if you go to smaller clubs like Ross County, St Mirren, they, they don't maybe have the space to, to put in kind of a, places where they would, would be ideal. So they stick you in the corner or behind the goal and it can be quite difficult to see. But see how empty grounds in Scotland are. I don't see the harm in taking out a couple of rows of seats and elevating a platform to give disabled people a better view. It's not as if we're getting sellouts every week, which I would love to see, by the way. I'd love mm-hmm. to see that every week, mm-hmm. but um, I, don't, I don't see any harm in taking out some seats to give disabled people an elevated view. Um, but yeah, there obviously there's financial implications with that, but uh, if we can help them, then I certainly will. And it, it's cerebral palsy that you suffer from, isn't it? What, what does that mean for you? Well, I, I mean... I, the cerebral palsy to me isn't really an issue. I think the hardest part of it is some of the stigma that can come with it. Mm. I think a lot of people think that because you're disabled that everything's dim and gloom and mm-hmm. life's depressing and that's what I want to show that it's not. It's not. I don't, I don't know any different from being in a wheelchair. So it, it doesn't make a difference to me whether I'm disabled or not. I'm just trying to inspire people and show that you still can have a good quality of life with mm-hmm. a disability. And and cha- so change attitudes a bit uh, of how you're dealt with. Yeah, and I don't I don't blame people for having these attitudes. I think I think a lot, when I was growing up, the media tried to make me feel sorry for disabled people. I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me. It's nobody's fault that I'm in the situation that I'm in. I just want to live life as best I can. Stephen, I know you're a, a diehard Motherwell fan, but when you do take it on tour and if you were going abroad, what's on the bucket list? Was the first place that you're heading for? And by the way, we're probably coming with you, can I say, yeah, at this yeah, point? Yeah, yeah, well, it depends go- where you pick get- to go, to be <laughs> honest. I'm getting, hedging my bets. We're getting the mini minibus <laughs> booked even now. Before, before they get in, it will yard off and say support and mother was my second disability. But no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I feel your pain. I think, I th- I th- I think for me, uh, the one on the bucket list would be to go to Gracia Dortmund, Signal within a park. I think that atmosphere is iconic. Yeah. Worldwide, to see the yellow wall. I wouldn't like to be sitting in the yellow wall, mind because everybody stands <laughs> up and I wouldn't be able to see. But um, no, to go to, go to Bruce here, Dortmund would be good. And I've got aims this year, I hopefully get into Qatar for the World Cup. Yeah, no, that would Brilliant. be class. No, I think it's incredible. I think your, your story and the way you're trying to share it, I think changing the mindset of a nation, you could say, is, is often the toughest thing. But with, with certainly a positive mindset and attitude like yours, um, I wish you all the best for it as well and you'll need to try and get down to a women's game check out some of the venues that we've got because for me that's always really important as well we play at grounds that are probably a bit smaller well, and, and again it's well, maybe the last thought in people's minds Well yeah now actually I'm working with Kilmarnock FC women doing the media stuff for them so I've got I've got a great insight into the women's game at the minute Brilliant and on the touchline every weekend Yeah I know Andy Kilmarnock I mean, as well I, I good think, guy I think um, with the women's game 
people look at women's football and men's football as the same sport. Well, it is the same game. There's a lot of quality in the women's game. I would encourage people to go and see as many games as they can on a Sunday because there's, there's definitely some quality there. And I think it deserves more recognition. No, you, see, if, you see, if you were doing the media duties for the, for Motherwell women, you'd have seen uh, Leanne scoring direct from a corner the other day. Listen, the transfer window's open until Monday, that. so we, we might get you over <laughs> yet. No, 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 I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Right, okay. he, he's got an answer for everyone, everything, this guy. Um, and, and obviously, the, the, your, the, the YouTube, a different view, it, it's as... It's entertainment, I think, isn't it? I mean, as much as information in terms of in terms of what you're what you're offering. We, I mean, we can we can get your personality just in the last ten minutes. And I will I'll give anybody a warning that's going to subscribe. Obviously, you can get a bit animated in the games <laughs> for the red teams that use some song language, but right. I don't use a lot. I don't use a lot, um, but I think it's important that when you're going to the game that you be yourself because if you're not, then people will see right through that. So just go and be yourself. And if people enjoy it, then that's good for me because they're going to subscribe to the channel, isn't it? So. I know you're reluctant to give it a plug, Stephen, but uh, just remind us how, how you get hold of it. It's a Diff Review, all one word on YouTube, and the Instagram is a Diff Review, Scott. That's A-D-I-F-F, View, and then Scott with one T on Instagram. And uh, we'll talk to you again sometime soon, hopefully, because it's been really good to have you on the show. Uh, no, thanks very much for having me on, guys. I love listening. Thanks, um, Stephen. Brilliant. Cheers, Stephen. Thanks, Stephen. Mike. All the best. Take care. That's Stephen Reside and a different view. You probably, I think you probably uh, got that now. That's it's called a it's called a different view. He was great fun, wasn't he? Excellent. Uh, and that's well worth uh, catching up with. Uh, I was just looking at the while well, well uh, I was glancing at the corner of my eye there, Leanne. I noticed that uh, your old mucker. Uh, Scotland captain Rachel Corsi is move. on the move. Yeah, yes, yeah. She's. I thought you, that could be an exclusive at the top of I the know, show. Well, maybe I, I might have had an insight to it the other day. But Aston Villa. It's always touch and go. Yeah, Aston Villa, two and a half year deal signing from Kansas. So, yeah, I think it's one that she's pleased to to get over the line. I know it's been a bit of a turbulent time for her in Kansas and the way things have come to an end. And I'm sure she'll go on to speak about that and explain the situation and, and how it's changed. But I think for it to be closer at home now and back in the UK. Um, it's a big year in terms of the international football and the games that are coming up. It's a crucial period for Rachel, I think, in, in her career and you know being the captain of the national team. It's really important. So hopefully she gets back and Aston Villa, a team that are, are going places, certainly a good bit of investment. WSL is a, a top league and, and certainly she's going to be tested every week. So we wish her all the mm. best and um, I'll certainly get more of an insight off her in the next couple of days I'm yeah sure. find out how much she's getting paid as well yeah. all, the, all these Listen, key questions so money what do you think you <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no I thought that would be the last are question are you not nosy are you nah, not nosy I'm not interested as long yeah. as she buys the coffees the next time we meet up I don't mind Okay. take the gauge off that alrighty this is the Go Radio Football Show on a Thursday with Leanne Crichton, Craig Moore, Rob McLean. Um, and we're going to be talking more about Alex Lowry, talking about Rio Hatate, talking about uh, wins for both Rangers and Celtic last night. And if you want to get involved in the discussion, 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! Well, what was your moment of the night last night? Uh, five Premiership games played. Well, surely 
uh, were probably all pretty much agreed on this one, I would have thought. It was when players, fans and staff from both Hearts and Celtic uh, took part in a tribute to 13-year-old uh, Devon Gordon, um, who took his life uh, recently. The Bathgate Academy pupil was a big fan of Hearts and his mother, Jen, works at the club. Everyone at the game at Tancastle uh, last night, United in the 13th minute uh, with a round of applause and, and we're used to applause ringing round grounds um, but we're maybe not used to the players stopping and applauding as well and, and it was it was a touching, wasn't it? Really powerful, Rob. Yeah, it's, it's obviously such sad circumstances that, that these moments happen. I think they're so poignant though when you see both sets of fans and both sets of players coming together. It's something that you don't see an awful lot, especially on the pitch. Um just really, really sad. It's, it's the only way to describe it. But I think Scottish football in the last week has has probably went, uh, uh, you know, above all the expectations and trying to um, take stock of it and recognise it and you know let Devon uh, and his family know that you know their thoughts are with them. And it's important. It was important, wasn't it, last night that football was put in its proper place, Craig? Yeah, like like I said, I mean, unfortunately, uh, it doesn't uh, change the situation for the family. But what it does show is, a, I think, a, a united front and a, and a strength and a support that, um, you know, football is certainly, um, you know, thinking of them through this extremely tough period. Um, and, and it was a really, really nice touch. Um, so, yeah, very, very sad, unfortunately. The game itself ended Hearts 1 Celtic 2 um, as Rangers were winning 1-0 against Livingston at uh, Ibrox. So the gap remains the same at the top of the of the Premiership. Let's talk to Regan. Regan, what did you think of it last night? I thought it was a, I thought it was a very difficult game as I expected on Monday night, Rob, to you and Mark mm. and Barry. But I thought uh, Celtic they controlled the first 40 minutes really, really well in a difficult place. So... I don't think you can you can uh, be too critical of that of Ange post the but the the big thing for me Rob was the the strength of the the, the bench last night. I don't know what uh, what uh, Craig and Leanne think because for me still they have only got one attacking player on that bench, so I'm just a bit worried that we need to maybe go in the market for two or three uh, attacking players. Yeah, and I mean, they've signed so many already, haven't they, Leon? Yeah, and I think that probably goes back to the earlier call in relation to the players at Celtic would hope to, to get back. You know, will Kale go be fit mm. um, anytime soon? I think changes it. But yeah, listening to Ange Postecoglou, he doesn't seem like he's he's in the market to sign players. He seems content with mm. the squad that he's got. And I think when you look at the squad when everybody is fit, um, there's real strength and depth there, there's probably two players for every position all over the pitch it's a manager's dream if you've got those players um, you know knocking on your door for a, a start but certainly when the injury list starts to pile up the way it is for Celtic but you know you couldn't say no to a sign I think every manager will say that if, if something you know was put on their desk to say this is an option would you be interested you perhaps wouldn't say no um, but Ange Postecoglou doesn't strike me as the type that would just bring in numbers because um, I still chat about offloading a couple of players from that bench as well yeah. like say a sorrow perhaps yep. yeah I think the thing is and, and, and Ange's come out and said obviously um, it's it, it's more about signing the, the person rather than the player it needs to be somebody that, that really fits um, the club and certainly the way that he wants to, to go about things so 
a bit of strategy behind that. I mean, I look at I've seen a, a young lad, Reagan. I don't know if you know too much about him. The boy Ben Doak that was on the bench, young lad, mm-hmm. winger. No, I don't know too much about him. By the way, this boy is an absolute flying machine. Uh, I've yeah. seen a couple of under eighteen games and and dynamite, really direct. Um, so he was, you know, he's he's a younger lad there. I think he's he's sixteen, um, but. Really, really direct. Um, but again, that, that experience in terms of what's going to be required in terms of win, you know winning a title potentially, you need you need that experience. Um, you know the the squad that Ange has put together. Let, let's not not forget. I mean, the situation at Celtic in the start of the season was like, wow, what's what's happening here? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's brought in a lot of players. You know, you, you're talking now 15, 16 players. They've all gelled uh, in their in their own way together to to have Celtic competing and, and be in a really really good position like any team and uh, when you when you're going to win trophies you need a little bit of luck in terms of your injuries in terms of your international call-ups in terms of your suspensions mm-hmm. uh, you need a little bit of luck as well the concern might be if Keogo for example isn't back that you know quickly mm-hmm. um Maida's still gone is Giamakis up to doing the job that's been required of him repeatedly? Because I think yep. he has also been quite injury prone. Mm-hmm. Um, muscle injuries, a lot of the Celtic players have been very much the same. And we already know that they don't sustain that level of intensity for 90 minutes. So I think Giamakis probably runs the risk of injury in the system because of the type of player that he is. I don't think he's in his comfort zone playing the way that he plays. So um, that might, you know, be on the radar of the, the manager to bring in, you know, perhaps one more. Who was the other? Sorry, Rob. The other lad that they brought in got some minutes is Joey Dawson, uh, the big kind of yeah, target. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, again, there's another one there. I just think that there's depth and there's depth that's good enough to mm-hmm. to go and, and win a title. And, and, and look, at the end yeah, of the day, you know, at, the end of, at the end of the day, like I says, I think Ange Postacoglu has got his head around what he believes is going to be uh, a scenario that's going to put Celtic in a, in a red-hot position to try to try and do that. Time, yeah. time will tell. I mean, one minute, they've got three options for the number nine position with, uh, and, and then suddenly Maeda's away with Japan, Kyogo's injured, and it's all down to Yakumakis. And, and what do you think, Reagan? Is, is he convincing you uh, that if he does stay injury-free, he can be the, the man, different type of player, obviously, to the other two, but he can be the man to, to get goals? See, I'm not too sure, Rob, because what Craig and Leanne said earlier, in the show, they said about that he's a different type of striker. And I don't know if he suits his post-conclusive style of the Craig and Leanne no more from uh, Craig being in a field with Reg post conclusive. So I ju- I'm just not sure. I ju- See, if it's me, Rob, I'm going to somebody in the, ch- in the, ch- in the English Championship or someone mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the English Premier League maybe to just try, just try and get that little back, that little back quality. I'm not saying this player's going to play every every single week. But mm-hmm. see the same thing Rachel did with Jermaine Duffle when he left for, for Bournemouth. Yeah, but Something like that. Like, 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 they could be on maybe, uh, maybe 10, 15 games, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, right, it's right, interesting right, because a lot, a lot, I guess a lot of it rests on Kyogo, doesn't it? And, and yeah. you know, is he going to be back next week? Is he going to be back in two weeks' time? Is he out for months? Yeah. In which case, then you would be thinking about some sort of emergency loan situation. Yeah, I mean, look, muscle injuries, um, you just have to, you have to be really, really careful with them, you know, the, the way that they're managed. The, the, you know, I've always said, and, and through experience in terms of when I had those type of injuries, is you need to take an extra week. 
Um, you know, he's obviously had a couple of, of incidents with the, with the hamstring, Kyogo in particular. Mm. So, you, you know, you want to make sure that you get him you get him right and maybe you give him that extra week or two the now to make sure that he doesn't break down again. Uh, Reagan, I don't know what your thoughts are in terms of, I know we're talking about Jacques and Marcus being a different type of player. But, yeah. but but I feel as if it's a good thing to sometimes have that different type of player um, because sometimes a game pans out a little bit differently. You know, if a team's sitting in uh, really, really deep against Celtic and therefore there's no space for Kyogo or Maeda to run in behind, for example, then sometimes yeah, you need a different type of player that might give you the same outcome but in a different way. Craig, I totally agree with that. I know you were Ibrox last night, but in terms of the Celtic game last night, in the last 15 minutes, I would say, I would like uh, all the Celtic are going to uh, maybe, maybe uh, be held to a Tuesday draw. So in terms of Jack and Marcus, he, he's kind of, she, she was the player that Celtic went to to to, to, uh, to maybe buy some time or buy a full. So I think that, that's the kind of player you need. And these, these, these title races, this was Ange Postacoglu talking last night about just how all the replacements worked out, all the changes that he had to make. Uh, and he did give a mention here to Matty O'Reilly. Super pleasing. I mean, you know, you got to keep it in context. Matty O'Reilly O'Reilly came in, you know, a few days ago and uh, thought he was outstanding. He was, you know, had 70 minutes of football uh, in the last month. But it, but, it, but it's brilliant. As I said, we, we had a challenge tonight, uh, for sure. Uh, everyone knows that the people, you know, the players we got missing, uh, significant uh, absences, and and you know we had guys out there tonight who had to step up, and they did. What we don't know, of course, I mean we are operating in the dark here, aren't we? Because McGregor and and uh, Kyogo could feature next week, or the, the yeah, even yeah. at this stage, there's maybe no chance. Rangers know that Kent will be back after suspension. Arebo will be ready to play. Diallo, the new signing, you would imagine, is is all set to go. So you 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 can see the top end of the Rangers team being refreshed, Leanne. Mm. But we're just not so sure about whether Celtic might just be exactly as they were last night. Yeah, and I think that's what what Rangers will be delighted about. I think at this point in the season, Craig was talking about it. If you can get through January and you've picked up the results that you need, it's so vital. Um, and if you've managed to do that with players missing absentees um, and you can get them back and you can add one or two, then you're in a really good place. Uh, I, I think regardless of what the teams will look like on Wednesday night, um, Craig will know better than me when it comes to an old firm. All of that goes out the window because you're in a cauldron of mm. an environment. Um, you've got the pressure. One team could hold the advantage. Looks like it will be Rangers regardless, whether it's one point, whether it remains four, um, whether that will change. It can that will determine the outcome of the game perhaps but certainly Celtic will be desperate I think to at least get one or two players back if they possibly can even if they're on the bench even if a Callum McGregor is fit enough to be in the bench Kyogo perhaps 10 minutes at least it could be that moment of magic it could give you yeah. something you, you see sorry um, he doesn't mind taking a risk does he Ange you know no. you, you look at so Abara when he first come uh, there was an injury situation where he, he's, his debut come uh, quicker than anticipated um, worked he come he, he scored his goal he, he's done really really well good young player he, he touched on there O'Reilly um, not played he's only played 70 minutes in a month mm-hmm. you know so what a great so that, so again you, sometimes you're putting a player that potentially is vulnerable to, to picking up an injury the risk uh, the reward in terms of um, Kyogo playing in the cup final paid off obviously you know he, he scored the two goals he's willing to take that risk um, but again, that, that that you need the type of players that then 
are committed um, and know that they can go out and, and deliver for the team and not let the team down because a force change early on, Rob, can also cause issues. Yeah, and again, I mean, we're, we're looking ahead and, and we, we just do this naturally, don't we? We look ahead to what is a massive match uh, six days away. But of course, uh, the whole landscape could change in the next few days. Uh, there are games uh, to come uh, for the top two on Saturday. Celtic uh, against Dundee United as a three o'clock kickoff after uh, Rangers have gone to Dingwall and that could be a, uh, that could turn out to be a difficult venue uh, for that game against Ross County at half past 12 Regan so Celtic could find themselves further behind or Rangers could drop some points and suddenly Celtic can think about getting even closer ahead of the big game I think it's important for Rangers uh, to put that seven point gap bro, because, you, because you know that if if one team can go in there and put a gap on before, before the other team plays but that can block the other way. If Celtic go into that game just four points behind, then we're, in, we're definitely in for a totally different afternoon. Um, but yeah, I think Ross County have been playing very well this season on the I market. Have. Yeah. Yeah. One that's really impressed me is uh, someone called uh, Charles Cook as Re- well. So. Re- Regan Charles Cook Re- looks, looks Cook. a player. I think he scored nine goals this um, season. Incredible, incredible season uh, yeah. he's having. Uh, Hungbo, I think the the lad that's on loan for for Watford also yeah, yeah. On, yeah. on the other side. Mm-hmm. I think Malky McKay uh, Regan has done a fantastic job because earlier on in the season they were playing well and just weren't getting the the, the results, you know. Um, but at the same time, I think the performances were were good from Ross Ross County. I, I think it, it's a tough job. There's no doubt about that in terms of resources, budget. Um, but they're a dangerous side, uh, that's for sure. And especially, um, you know, up there, I think it'll be a tricky game for Rangers. I wonder if John Suter could feature for Rangers next week, Leanne. Could he be in the Rangers team next Wednesday night? You couldn't write it off, could you? Certainly if you were uh, prone to a wee better too. You certainly with the transfer mm-hmm. window, maybe even getting through well, the weekend fixtures, I think Rangers... Sorry, Regan, I'll, I'll come in at the last minute. I think they've got to uh, if they want to get him, but I think mm-hmm. Hearts are going to stand very firm on this and, and they won't get him on the cheap. What were you going to say, Regan? I just want to ask Craig something because he's been behind Post of Cogblue when he's been in Australia and Cup finals and things like that. Do you think Andrew will approach this game any differently next week that Celtic are playing in front of a packed Celtic Park against Rangers? Eh, Craig? Nah, he'll, he'll, he'll set up and he'll play um, and look to improve on exactly um, what he's been doing. Uh, he, won't, he won't play the occasion at all. Uh, it like I says, I mean, and we know the importance of the game, Regan, obviously, for what it means for for both sets of supporters and and players, and everybody involved in both clubs. But he definitely won't play the occasion. He'll go and and, and do what he has been doing, and just hope that you know they're able to make the improvements that he's been looking for throughout the season. Regan, thanks for your call. Good to hear from you. Okay, cheers, thanks. All cheers. the best. Um, what about that John Suter um, situation? It's interesting, isn't it, with with uh, Craig Halkett yeah. injured. Uh, hamstring so it could be out for a while Um, so Hearts need uh, defensive strength at the moment in terms of what they are chasing at this stage Uh, uh, has the the price gone up? Well I mean Robbie Nielsen's come out and said that I was going to just come on the back of uh, Leanne when she was talking there to say like if you were now a sporting director of of Rangers and the window's closing um, you know, what would your play be? Would you look and go and secure? And would you would you be willing to pay five hundred, potentially a million pounds to get suited in now? I don't think they'll pay over the odds. Yeah, I think you're probably looking at half a million. It's probably the cut off that would make sense in January because there's no injury crisis in terms of defenders with Rangers. But I think to get the player in and 
just to get used to that environment at least I think it gives him a, a starting base for the new season you know to get him in play, he's going to have opportunities to play you've touched on Bassey earlier on mm-hmm. is that really your number one pick at centre back probably not um, so it, it, it's a like for like replacement I think it would certainly give you real stability in terms of your squad it's another brilliant option to have mm. a player that knows the league knows the teams knows the opposition you know you're not dealing with a new player that's coming in for, for down south or, or overseas and trying to get them used to that environment so he already knows it John Suter it's more about getting to know his new teammates but listen I can understand why Hearts are so desperate to keep him because he could be the difference between now and the, the run into the end of the season whether they secure third spot and terms of money and, and the financial situation for Hearts it would be um, it'd be silly of them to let them go for, for something they don't really you know think is, is the value it Could be an interesting little poker game going on between Hearts and Rangers over the next few days you, you would think so I, ju- I just look at the, the it happened earlier in the window Tony Watt situation mm-hmm. pre-contract and then all of a sudden Dundee, they need a striker they need goals you know, so the deal gets forced through Rangers I would not be surprised at all if this deal gets pushed over the line Hearts are doing what Hearts need to do in terms of protecting their current player, um, but also looking financially to get the maximum amount. We're talking football till seven. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, go, go. We brought the news right at the top of the show uh, about the new Rangers signing on loan till the end of the season. Ahmad Diallo might be a new name to you or a newish name to you at the moment. Uh, we might know a whole lot more about him over the course of the next few months if he delivers what Rangers will be intending that he delivers uh, in the title race. On loan from Manchester United, Ivory Coast International, age 19. He's already played in the Champions League for United against Young Boys uh, last month. And um, £19 million was the fee paid to Atalanta in Italy uh, when he moved to Old Trafford 12 months ago. On the way in, uh, Diallo on the way out, Juninho Bacuna, the former Huddersfield midfielder who's made really no sort of impact at Rangers, has gone to Birmingham. That is a permanent arrangement. Uh, last night Rangers won Livingston nil at Ibrox Scott Arfield and Celtic won 2-1 at Tynecastle against Hearts Rio Hatate and Georges Yakumakis. Three great goals weren't they in their in their different ways. Um, which was the best Leanne? Which was your favourite? I don't, listen I think it's actually really hard to pick because I would love to score goals like Hatate you know, just to drive through midfield. I just don't have that in my locker at, at times. Uh, I need somebody to lay it off for me and, and get at it. I thought the technique, I think the, the touch, his movement, it was excellent. But I think Arfield, to be able to adjust and, and Craig touched on it at the top of the show, uh, it was the only thing for me he could have done to get, get the ball over and in. Um, he had actually gone beyond the front post, but those two were, were class. Um, if I was picking I'd probably go for the, the midfield effort of Hitati Yakumakis wasn't bad either was it the little back, was the, 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 the little back heel yeah. it was a confident little finish well, what, what, what was yours Craig mm. what, what would you well let's hear from Johnny Van Bronckhorst first on the Scott Arfield goal while you're thinking because I know it takes you a while well, to I, was, out I, was ready, I was ready but anyway here, here he goes <laughs> yeah I think it, the quality is like you know on a high standard you know it's uh, on purpose to hit the ball like that you know we, are, we know uh, Arfield is capable in, in doing this, this and uh, so I'm happy uh, he's back and uh, we have him available uh, for the next picture. 
Yeah, he is definitely happy. He's back. Was that your goal of the night? You were there, of course, watching it. Yes, that that was my my goal of the night. Like I said, I just think that there was still so much to do, um, to process, to to execute um, the time of the game, the importance of the goal. I, I thought it was fantastic. I did see Hatate's goal as well, which was a wonderful strike and 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 such power. I think there's a but coming here. No, there's no. Uh, well, the but was that it's probably gone through Craig Gordon. I think it was he's had a, a, a remarkable is it a remarkable season. Um probably should have saved that one. So I'm with, I'm with Arfield Rob. Mm. And and Craig Gordon would be the first I would imagine to question himself on that one because and and maybe he was slightly unsighted and maybe saw saw it very late. You know, he's been in such amazing form this season. And it's because he sets the bar so highly, highly on that you actually expect him to, to do something with that, you know, even allowing for how hard it was hit. Yeah, no, exactly. And I just wonder if he perhaps wasn't expecting the shot as well. Hatati's a player that likes to create as well, whether yeah. he was thinking he was going to, you know, try and slip somebody else through. And, and that's where you just take your eye literally off the ball um, and you're punished for it. You know, he doesn't adjust well enough and, and doesn't keep it out of the net. But I think Craig Gordon, he set the, the bar so high he will absolutely be disappointed, especially the fact it was against Celtic as well. Mm. A fantastic hit, and he looks a fantastic player, doesn't he? Rob, I thought it was a really, really good point that Leanne just made there. But see, because a lot of a lot of us maybe don't necessarily have the uh, the background um, on Hatati, the type of goals mm. or whatever. You know, he might have caught Gordon completely. Yeah. Offside. Looking for that wee slip through yeah, ball. Not, not, not knowing that he's yeah. someone that shoots from distance. He yeah. looks at that type of player that can create and play that. Maybe just didn't expect that. So the it's element a, it's of a really, surprise. Really good pickup. Yeah, but I mean, look, there, there's we, we touched on Lowry early on tonight and after two minutes you can see this boy is going to be a player. Hatati was the same when it, when, when he made his, his debut. Uh, yeah, against Hebs. Well, yeah, last after two minutes, anybody that knows anything about football goes, player. Um, mm. So hey, look, they've got themselves a, a an exciting player that's going to contribute hugely this season. And knowing, I guess, unsupposedly knowing that that they'd been through a Japanese league campaign, they all the Japanese players, to a greater or lesser extent, have hit the ground running, haven't they? They have, and I think that's that's why he's recruited them. I don't think he's brought them in by chance. You know, Ange Postecoglou's brought players in that he knows will hit the ground running in this window the only question will be in terms of fitness can they get up to speed are they robust enough are they resilient enough to remain in the squad and, and keep performing Hatati looks different class for me Maida looked good um, haven't seen enough of him to, to really get a proper gauge for what his real strengths are but he got his goal got off the mark in front of a home crowd so it really sets the old firm up to be such a meaty encounter as if it wasn't already but there's so many players that probably have got that bit of unknown mm. just now players that have come in still managers that are, I know Van Bronckhorst has been over the course Ange Postecoglou I think is probably still taking it all in in terms of that old firm environment he's going to experience it at Celtic Park um, it really could be quite the game and Rio Hatate has got match winning qualities about him doesn't he it, yeah, for yeah. in that game he, yeah. he, you know, he, he is clearly. You can tell by the look on his face, the smile on his face constantly. He's loving it. Yeah, well, especially like the the Rangers Celtic matches is it's fiercely contested. You don't have much time on the ball, so technically, you know, if, if you good players always seem to make time for themselves, Rob, on the ball. Hatati looks that type of player. Um, it might be something that he really, really enjoys. I've no doubt he will. The games go a little bit too quick, I think, from my experience as a player. You blink and it, it's gone. <laughs> Happens far too quickly. But I mean, the, the first the first Rangers Celtic match this season, Ange has done a really good job. 
but his team selection on that particular game, I think he got it wrong in terms of Kyogo started out wide. Is that right? Yeah, yep, he started out wide and no Tommy Rogic. Mm. Um, so he has an opportunity. I'm sure he'll, he'll be looking to try and rectify that at home. Still a game to go for both teams, Rob, but this is this is set up for an absolute cracking game of football. Could go either way. We've heard Ange Postacoglu in the show talking about Yakimakis, whose goal effectively won the match at Tyne Castle last night, talking about Matt O'Reilly uh, and his debut as well. Very impressive in the midfield for Celtic. This is Giovanni van Bronckhorst talking about 18-year-old Alex Lowry. I'm sure uh, lots of us uh, didn't know anything about him before uh, Sterling Albion in the Scottish Cup last Friday night when he played, came off the bench after half an hour for the injured Yanis Hadji and scored. And he was a top player for Rangers last night in the 1-0 win against Livingston. He was very comfortable. Uh, you know, we can he can bring energy, he can bring... Um, you know, good moments to create chances. He has that. For me, it was um, no big issue to give him a chance because we need players with his qualities. And of course, with, with a couple of players missing, you know, I uh, I rather uh, put in a youngster with the same qualities. And today he, uh, he did well. Yeah, he's really made a strong case uh, for himself, you would imagine. Yeah. He will stay in the team at the weekend. Does the return of Joe Aribo threaten his presence in that game and maybe the old firm game as well, Craig? Or, or can, you, yeah. can you see a way of, of both featuring for Rangers? Um, yeah, I'd love to see both feature for Rangers. I think we're going to see uh, many, many games and years uh, from, from Alex Lowry. But I think with Aribo coming coming back uh, obviously that is a, a more experienced option uh, for Giovanni but I just love what he what he'd said there earlier in his, his his press bit there that younger player that I feel is ready and good enough I'd rather be a younger player who can then go and show his quality and I and I really really like to hear that I, I go back and think about you know uh, Dick Avocat Dutch coach young mm-hmm. Barry Ferguson sometimes coaches are too, uh, too scared mm-hmm. to give that opportunity Giovanni's not and the boy is, is is totally capable and is going to be a big, big star. Is there a difference internationally, do you think, Leanne? Do you think someone like Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, because of where he's been brought up uh, as, a, as a football guy, uh, is different in his attitude to, to, to throwing young players in, believing in them, throwing them in a bit early? Are we a bit overcautious sometimes in this country? Perhaps, perhaps. And I, I don't know if that's maybe down to pressure. The, at times, I think... the the many times that we have these conversations it's old firm teams where we speak about players that have come through and they maybe don't get the opportunity but I think that's a different environment again um, so whether Giovanni Van Bronckhorst would throw Alex Lowry in next Wednesday night would be a different story again I don't think personally he will because he does have the option of a rebo. I think he'll keep his, his spot this weekend I think he'll mm-hmm. go to Ross County and play and rightly so maybe off the back of that performance if he produces another worldie it would be difficult to take him back out the team but you could understand the reasons why he might but listen this is going to be a young kid coming through he's going to have a brilliant future whether he ends up another Nathan Patterson does he break mm. into the team and get the right amount of minutes mm. before teams come looking at him because I think that's how good um, he can be but I think it's about getting the balance right giving players an opportunity but also keeping them hungry and, and that, that development phase as well but so far you know Alex Lowry he's, he's absolutely uh, taking his opportunity with two hands Fashion Sakala got man of the match last night it was surely yeah. Alex Lowry wasn't it Craig? For me yes who did, well, that wasn't you that picked it, was it? No, I had nothing to do with <laughs> I that. I would say, though, that I thought Sakala looked as, yeah, as probably decent. as dangerous and um, 
as much of an influence lack in of, that Lack of, of end done. product. Just the end product was the only thing that was missing, but certainly his dribbling ability, I yep. thought he runs, his type of movement, mixing his game up, I thought there was a real variety to it. Yeah, he's, he's, look, he's he's got pace, which is great. Um, that causes a lot of issues. He's positive, he wants to get in behind, and, and when he has the opportunity, he'll, he'll travel at people with the ball at pace. It probably just needs to be better, Rob, as you touch on that execution in the final third. And I think once he's able to mentally slow down that process in front of goal and, and make better selections, I think there's a huge improvement in Fashion Sakala. We're getting ahead of ourselves as we do on this show, talking about next Wednesday night. Um, Leanne, as you look at the Saturday fixtures for the top two, Ross County Rangers, 12.30, Celtic Dundee United, 3 o'clock. Uh, do you see mo- movement uh, in terms of that four-point gap between now and next midweek? Well, it's an interesting one. I, I do think both both teams will go over the line, but I think Ross County have been a real tough nut to crack. I think performance-wise, they always score goals. It's a difficult place to go to. It's the early kick-off. And then you've got Dundee United being in a poor run, but a massive result for them mm. last night. They've gone to Celtic Park this season already with a bit of confidence. We've seen teams like Livingston go there and take points off of Celtic. Whether it'll be a similar approach, they've then got the likes of Tony Watt in their team, does offer goals. Nicky Clark will have confidence. What's important is that both sides get through the weekend with maximum points yeah. and it tees up the old firm for Wednesday night. We are out of time, Leon. Thanks very much, Craig, as well. Paul is back tomorrow night with uh, Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi, live at five. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With Taxi Trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.